This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Hey guys, welcome to Puck Yeah, it's episode 67. I am one co-host, Logan Swinkles, and of course with me is Joe Jury in Auckland, New Zealand. And if you haven't heard already, the rest of the team from Puck Yeah, i.e. myself, is moving back to New Zealand at the end of March. Can't freaking wait, Joe. It's, I gotta say, it's been hard being a quote-unquote hockey insider when you're not inside the country. I'm glad that um, all uh, pressure from New Zealand, everyone over here in New Zealand has forced you to move back. I know you're getting daily emails and messages from the likes of Punchy and, and Wani and, and Andy and stuff. So it's about bloody fucking time. Is all I, can say. <laughs> I love that we're setting the tone there with the podcast on that note. That's great. Uh, but of course, we... No guests this week, but we do have a lot of uh, New Zealand ice hockey to get through. Um, why don't you tell the good people listening to the show what's on? This week on the show, Pakia 67, the uh, Michael Froelich episode, uh, is everything we know about the Auckland Marcos so far. Uh, we break down the NZHL uh, schedule, which has just been released, and the story behind how Logan almost got catfished in a rental scam. I, mean, I know nothing about that. So <laughs> I'm very intrigued about what that is about because I love the show Catfish. I know you do as well. So what are we going to do? Are going to leave that to the end? Yeah so, the I, thing? yeah. so I threw that in there to throw you completely off the scent. Joe knows nothing about it either. Uh, so stick around until the end of the show for that. But of course, you can subscribe to Pucky Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we have our YouTube channel as well. We can get our uh, hockey highlights, interviews, plus you get news and other good social media stuff on our Instagram and Facebook at Pucky NZ. But as Joe mentioned, uh, the Auckland Marco, we know a bit more now. Uh, the the reaction so far from the like New Zealand hockey community uh, and abroad uh, has been relatively positive, hugely positive, actually. Um, I guess, I mean, really, what, we're a small community, Joe. There's, there's no points being dicks about it. What have you heard? No, everyone's... Um, it was like we were saying. It was, it's for the good of the game. It's to keep... create that pathway for kids to kind of growing up as their... If, they, if they're not on that level to be second, first, and third, even third liners on the NZHL teams, it's there's a place for them to go and play and keep playing and stay within the sport. So if you're complaining about that, then like obviously you're not seeing the bigger picture of what is the aim and the goal of this team. And uh, being around the rink and people are, you know, the the little amount of information that has been out um, and been released and rumors and things like that and speculation of what's going to happen i mean it's good for it's good for the sport to have people wondering what's going on and intrigue and and stuff in the league which at at times does struggle to get a bit of buzz about it so having this extra team in there um and we're going to go through a little bit of more of the information that we know but it's a really really good thing for the sport and thank god it happened in 2021 and not 2020 because <laughs> when things would have been totally screwed but yeah. as i say that i'm currently in another lockdown so um yes touch wood 
Uh, yeah, and as you can see behind you, there is a lot of wood. Very fancy. Joe, not in the normal uh, ACC studio, but calling in from uh, home in Auckland. He's got that classic ESPN uh, uh, look going on there. I love that, man. It's it's awesome. Um, but yeah, can't wait to get more news about the Auckland Marco. Uh, it's been awesome so far. I really, I agree. I really enjoy that we get a bit more buzz, kind of a bit more news happening early, earlier than normal with the NZHL. Uh, it's kind of been a criticism of mine in the league where you see in the Australian league, they're pumping out news basically as soon as the year hits. I mean, it's a bit different this year because um, with borders and uncertainty with COVID, uh, they're not going to do a full season again, unfortunately. Uh, but what we, you know, they do pump out news fairly regularly when there is a regular season. Um, God knows when that's going to happen again. Uh, I feel for you Aussies. I really, really do. Because no, you don't. I... You're moving back home. You don't give a fuck. You don't care. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I did enjoy watching the hockey that I did get to see in 2019 i had to think about what year it was for a second because it feels so long ago but i do think they do a really good job of keeping the interest and there's there's facebook groups as well that really drive it with the fan base uh whereas new zealand i think it's a bit more localized but that's that's fine i mean we're a smaller country uh it's a smaller league but auckland marco really bringing the interest there so we're just going to quickly rattle off what we do know so far um the nzhl did it was a really cool initiative, I thought, uh, Joe, where they did a Q&A and they sort of answered, you know, I guess the, the big burning question. So I'll go I'll go through one and then you go through another and we'll, we'll end up. We'll see how we go. So, of course, the Auckland Marco, uh, they're going to be playing each team a total uh, or twice. So they're going to play 10 games. They're not doing a full season. Uh, and the big burning question actually was what happens with the under 23 players? Um, and turns out they're going to still practice and play with their NZHL team. Uh, and when the Marco play against their, well, when the, yeah, when the Marco play against their under 23 players NZHL team, that said player will stick with his NZHL team. They're not going to, um, defect to the Marco for, for a round, but it is, yeah. yeah, but it is going to be made up. Uh, of under 23 players and veterans, veterans from other NZHL teams, not playing in that particular round. Yeah, that was the big question. It was like, so what are these kids that are and these guys that are on, say, the Admirals? Are they do they have to play the Admirals now um, because of this market team? And I think this is a good way to do it. Um, and so the players suiting up for the market will be provided accommodation, but no player will be uprooted and moved to Auckland for the market. So it's an interesting one. So it's it is based in Auckland, but I guess you're not taking kids out of university. You're not moving mm. them out of jobs and things like that. If they are able to move and come up here, then they'll be given accommodation and um, I guess helped kind of find jobs and things like that. But we're not tearing kids out of their homes yeah. <laughs> to move them <laughs> to Auckland. No, exactly. And I mean, I like this idea, the excitement of this being like a traveling team, uh, this kind of like rotating door policy with the roster we don't have a team list yet but uh it is going to be named shortly we just don't know yet at the time of this recording but it is expected to be quite a large pool of players to choose from both the under 23s and i guess the veterans that are going to make themselves available for the team the one question that i think um some people have had with that with the veterans is is this just going to be i guess i guess retired players you know players that are past their prime whatever you want to call it 
will they make up those veterans? And it seems from what Auckland Ice Hockey Association have said is that it will not be the case. Right. So then who makes up those veteran players, I guess, is the question. Where are they yeah. coming from? There's certain places where we talked about earlier, the Red Devils, which are majority under 23 players in a younger squad. Where are those players coming from to fill that Marco team when they go and play in Canterbury? Man, I should move back to Canterbury and I could get on that. <laughs> I could get on that team. Not well... likely, but uh, <laughs> not likely. But yeah, that's the question. So where are these? Where are they coming from? I know there's a lot of, and I guess this is kind of the aim of the of the initiative as well to keep those players who are now looking to move outside of the game, keeping them in the game, um, hoping they get kind of into the get the bug of teaching younger kids and chaperoning kids into into the sport and maybe get a bit of coaching or management kind of vibe out of it and then keep them in rather than they just hang up the skates and then don't come back, which is a major yeah. problem at the higher age level as well. Yeah, I'm curious to see, I guess, because, you know, with all the other NZHL teams, they can create like a team culture and same with the national teams. Um, but, I mean, uh, I guess thinking of that now, uh, it is a small community, as we've said, so a lot of the players do know each other. So hopefully we will see some chemistry. Um that's one question mark I have, but two questions that did get answered from that Q and A. Uh, one, why was it why is it called an Auckland team when it's made up of uh, players from you know all around the country? Uh, the the primary reason for that is that the the AIHA uh, is basically taking the responsibility of running the team and driving this initiative alongside the NZIHF. So that's why. And then also a uh, big question that I've heard from some players is. What do these games actually count towards? And mm. uh, well, the answer is is nothing. The the exhibition Absolutely games, <laughs> they don't they don't count towards the league standings. Uh, that also means they're not eligible to make the finals. Um, so it is purely for the experience, getting the ice time, as we all know. But outside of that, is there any? Do you think there's any burning questions that are still yet to be answered um, outside of not having this team list? I guess the. The weird one for me is like, so in the schedule that we'll get into later, they play the Swarm and the Admirals over one weekend. So on Saturday, you're going to have players who are basically teammates playing against the Admirals. And then on the Sunday, half of that team gets taken out of that team. And then you're going against the guys that you just played on the night before. It's Mm. kind of a weird one. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, that team gels, I guess, over over that period because you might want to hate you're going to try and kill someone the night on the Saturday, <laughs> and then on the Sunday you've got to like set them up for the source of pass to score a goal. So um, that'll be an interesting to see and who the veterans veteran players that they pick to kind of keep that group together. Um, is it just recently left players from the from the NZHL? I know there's a bunch of guys that are probably could still play in the league that um, maybe making up this team. But yeah, that's the main major question. Who's who's fill, filling those veteran spots? Yeah, is uh, guys like Ian Wanamaker, are they going to make a comeback? I mean, he's not oh, that Wani. You know, Wani. Yeah, he's not far that far out of the game. Also, he still plays um, in the hockey house as well. So, and I mean, like you said, there's guys like that all around the country. Um, 
So the other question I have, and I mean, it's it's not really a player question, is where's the Auckland Marco Instagram? Because um, if if we're going here, this is a younger vibe, right? Um, kids don't use Facebook. No, the kids boomers use, are on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the younger generation, you know, using Instagram and of course TikTok as well. But uh, from what I've seen and what we've done with Puck here is a lot of the NZHL players are predominantly more active on Instagram versus Facebook. Facebook is where we get all the fans, the uh, uh, friends, family of the players and the teams. But the players, uh, yeah, largely largely seem to congregate on Instagram. So where's that Marco Instagram? Because uh, I think they could do some really cool stuff. Well, you're moving back pretty soon. So why don't you, uh, is that you officially putting your hand up to uh, take I don't know about role? that. I don't know about that because uh, I think Parkier is going to keep us <laughs> pretty busy this year. Um, yeah. And Absolutely. if you want to know why, it is because of how freaking full on this NZHL season is going to be in 2021. Boom, perfect segue. Let's get into it. Of course, the full season uh, is set to begin on May 1st. And let's just, we'll roll through the schedule that we have. Uh, I believe it's all fully confirmed now. Um, we'll go through it so you guys know when your team is playing. We're going to go by uh, each team's home schedule. Because I know we always get questions uh, from super fans of different teams of, you know, when's the first game? Because that's what they really want to know. That's what they're looking forward mm-hmm. to. So Auckland Admirals to start with, all their all their home games have a 4.45 p.m. park drop. May 1st, first game of the season is against the Auckland Marco. So Oof. we don't even need to wait. I love Straight that. Straight away. Yes. And then May 22nd, bit of a gap. They, they host a swarm. And the first half of a home and home double hitter. So we'll get into that later on in the show. Uh, March 29th and 30th, Red Devils. June 20th, they play their second game against the Auckland Marco. June 26th and 27th, they host the Sky City Stampede. July 25th, Swarm again. Second half of a double hitter there this time. And then their last home games of the season, August 21st and 22nd, is the Thunder, which is also the final games of the regular season that count towards the standings. It's not the final yeah. games of the regular season, but it is the last ones that count towards the standings. Yeah, that's right. And we'll get into that later as well, the weird quirk in the in the schedule. So um, with the Swarm, their home schedule, all these games are at 5.15, puck drop out in Botany. So one, and they also start off uh, against the Marco, which is on May the 2nd. Uh, then that double header against the Admirals, which is the home and home. On May 23rd, uh, June 5th and 6th, they're hosting the Sky City Stampede. June 19th, they play the Marco again on the, the double rounder against uh, with the Admirals. July 10th and 11th, they're hosting the Red Devils. July 24th is the back end of the uh, the double header with the Admirals again. And then August 7th and 8th, they host the Dunedin Thunder. Yeah, uh, just I think you said second half of uh, the double hitter. It's the, they play the first one of that round. Um, and then Stampede, their home schedule, all games are at 7 p.m., which is what I freaking love about Queenstown mm. is that it's it's at night. It's hockey night in Queenstown. It's the best freaking vibe around. Uh, if you're in Queenstown, go to a game at the Ice Arena. It's just the perfect night out. Uh, but their first home games of the season are May 14th and 15th against the Red Devils. It's actually also the first games 
of the regular season that count towards the standings because, of course, the first games are against the Marco, actually. Um, f- the first four games of the season involve the Marco. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then June <laughs> 11 and 12. Weird. I know. Uh, June 11 and 12 is the Admirals. July 9 and 10th is the Thunder. Auckland, I mean, not Auckland. August 13th and 14th is against the Auckland Marco. Uh, and then their last home rounds of the season, uh, August 20th and 21st against the Botany Swarm. Yeah. <sighs> Breathe. And here we go. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of games. So then uh, we're on to the Thunder, and I'm also wearing my Dunedin Thunder green, just so, you know, shout out to the guys. Saw that <laughs> note about you sending me up a jersey, just, you know, I live in Mount Eden. Um, so they start off against the Marco uh, on May 7th and 8th. Now, their home schedule is puck drop for game one is at 7 p.m., and then game six, uh, game two of the weekend is at 6 p.m., so... Imagine that, fucking six games in a round. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Kiwi, uh, the Peewee tournaments. Uh, so then they have a bit of a break after that first week against the Marco, which will be interesting to see how they come back on May 28th and 29th against the Swarm. Uh, then they're June 11th and June 12th, hosting the Red Devils. July 2nd and 3rd, they host the Admirals. And then another big break until July 30th and 31st, they host the Stampede. Yeah, so as you can see, there's it's quite spread out this year. Uh, and then in the Red Devils, their home schedule, all games are 4.45 p.m. Park drop at Alpine Ice. Uh, May 22nd, 23rd, they host the Dunedin Thunder. July 3rd and 4th, they Stampede. July 31st and August 1st is the Botany Swarm. August 7th and 8th is the West Auckland Admirals. And then the September 4th and 5th, that's September, still the regular season, is yep. the quote-unquote, actual final games of the regular season. Don't count towards the standings, but it is against the Marco. And then straight after that, we're ripping into the semifinals. Uh, Scheduled for the 11th and 12th, which is the second and third seed, which is something they brought in a couple of years ago and we've been huge fans of ever since. And then the finals uh, for the Virgil Cup. This is interesting. Uh, Normally, it's spread over two weekends. This say September 17, 18, and 19. It could be a massive weekend. So interesting notes are like there's the two semifinals this year, not the one, mm. which is very interesting. Um, well, I guess they'll all be at home for the two seed. It hasn't really been determined or said yet, has it? No, it's all it's all TBA at the moment. So I mean, my question there is like, are you gonna go like, you know, like UEFA styles and have an aggregate on scoring or? Mm. Yeah, what happens there? I mean, assuming that's how you do it, but then the the idea of that is that the you know away goals count for more. So maybe they will if they do do that, then it'll be one for each team. It won't be both in the same. Yeah, and then the finals crammed into three days. That's if you got an Auckland team and a and a Southern team in there. That's a, a day of travel. If, unless they're doing them all in the same place. So it's very, and that hasn't been confirmed yet either. So very interesting, very interesting. The other one, the quirk in it that we looked at is the Red Devils. They play their last game that counts on the seventh of, oh, the 8th of August and then don't play another game until the 5th of September, and that's against the Marco, which doesn't count anyway. So 
Yeah, uh, and the other thing is like Red Devils fans, you're going to be waiting a while uh, for games. Yeah. You get you most of the home schedule for Canterbury is largely condensed to the second half of the season. They're on the road a lot for the first half. So, um, and those Canterbury fans are really passionate. I love going down there for games when I can. Uh, so, I actually think that might work out in their favor if they if they do have a good run on the road they could close it out at home because they're going to have that sort of hometown support. Mm. Or you can start terribly on the road and then you <laughs> then you finish screwed. third. Finish yeah. third and then sneak in. Yeah, yeah. that could be interesting. Um I do I really like hockey for me in New Zealand is it's just a lot more enjoyable when Canterbury are good. Um and like I really miss the sort of the heydays of Canterbury being really good and having that really good competition, uh, especially with the South Auckland uh, not South Auckland, the South Island teams. Um yeah. hasn't been a quote unquote South Auckland team for a long, long time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's one thing. Uh another big question, of course. Um well before we get into the no, before we get into the big meaty question, I really want to highlight one awesome thing, and that is the home and home series for the Auckland rounds. Rather than yeah. uh Avondale hosting Two both games. games for that weekend <laughs> and then Botany doing the next the next round or whatever, uh they split it. I love that. Yeah, it seems weird that it's taken this long to do it. Um Yeah. And it's just gonna I know the uh, the West Auckland fans are going to travel, get on the glass and scream at um, their oh, favourite players. Oh, they have to players. travel far. They have to travel far. <laughs> scream at their, their favourite botany players. So, I mean, that's really cool. And it's just going to build up that crosstown rivalry way more, having that yeah. um, game in each other's ranks each week. Yeah, uh, each, I can't each wait. Each night. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. I, I can't wait. I think, yeah, just... That that's one thing I think they've been really building up recent in recent years is pushing that crosstown sort of yeah the rivalry the brotherhood everything is just you know really competitive games and then of course they're all friends off the ice but really looking forward to that but the the main I guess concern and I hate to go there but it just seems like something that's not going to go away uh, especially now I mean perfect timing I guess you could say well, I don't really want to say that either but. You know, New Zealand is in lockdown again. Um, there's always the chance that COVID could disrupt the season. And we've seen it in the NHL. Um, teams being pulled back, games getting cancelled, and, you know, now they're in danger of a full season not being played out. So I just, I'm worried that's going to happen in, in the NZHL as well. Yeah, it's, um, the season is already 40 years long as it is. <laughs> so there's no way they can tack on weeks to play extra games. So will the Marco games be sacrificed, I guess? Is that the question that's going to happen? If they need to, mm. maybe that's their backup plan. If, if it does go into COVID, then they've got those weeks where they've got spots they can fill the games with. And I don't know, you just have the Marcos oh, just live in limbo. I guess. Or, <laughs> well, I, I mean, know, that's they... the thing. Like, the Auckland Marco are, are here to stay. It's not just for one season. So, um, mm. that's actually not a bad idea. Uh, they could be sort of pickup games, so to speak, um, those extra dates. But I guess the other thing in that is, you know, do you create some kind of like Duckworth Lewis system that you see yeah. in cricket that will 
no doubt screw over one team uh, that could have made that second or third seed had a full season had been played. So again, like, hopefully like, it doesn't come to that, but it's just something I, I, I feel like I have to put out there uh, into the universe. I come um, to I'm just hockey. hoping it's something to think about. I come to hockey to get away from that Duckworth Lewis shit that I have to deal with at work <laughs> in cricket. And don't you be bringing, don't you bring that hate into me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you bring it into my hockey world. Those dicks, <laughs> Duckworth and Lewis just make no sense. I'm, yeah. doesn't even work in cricket, so let's not even think about it coming into, I guess they just get points percentage, but then it's weird when the, the schedule is so stacked and, yeah, against the Red Devils with their home dates, and I don't know. You play Mar- Marco teams early. You might be playing games. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. The other thing we need to mention here is how long the season is. We sort of mm. teased it a couple of times. Let's get into it now. Um, it stretches from the start of May until mid September. Uh, previously, the last full season we got, which was 2019, uh, a champion was awarded in mid-August. Then there was a short break before the Winter Games, uh, which is at the start of September. Now the finals, yeah, don't wrap up until mid-September. Um, I'm worried well. there's going to be, yeah, I'm worried there's going to be greater burnout for volunteers. Like, I guess not all, you know, some volunteers only volunteer for one team, so things kind of get spread out, but... You know, some people volunteer basically for the league and for the federation. So, yeah, uh, I think that's something that needs to be tackled. Yeah, and, and what's the uh, the role the roll on effect of the of the associations, other other leagues like the the minor hockey and stuff like that with it with the league extending on. Maybe it's it'll work in that favor that they'll be able to get those those games in in a shorter season for that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the sacrifices the longer season of NZHL, but um, yeah, you're leaning on people for a long time to come and help out at the ranks, and everyone does it for the love of the sport. So, fingers crossed they stick at it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You got to really. I mean, I think it's a really important thing. You have to foster those relationships, look after those people. Um, I know when like I was looking after the media for the NZHL, and we had that sales pizza deal. Um, I was dishing out pizza vouchers to the volunteer, like to the live stream volunteers at the end of the season, basically being like, here, like go throw yourself a pizza party or something like just, Mm. you know, you guys do so much, um, for so little. Um, and it is, yeah, all for the love of the game and hugely like everyone is hugely appreciative of that. So I just really hope that, um, they're catered to and looked after because, uh, without them, we don't, we don't have a league. We don't have a sport to Mm. talk about. So really hoping for that. Um, but yeah, can't wait for the NZHL season. It's going to be a massive year for Puck year. Uh, we're going to have content yep. coming out of our ears, man. I don't even know. Like, I feel like we almost need to hire people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're coming back, so that's going to help a lot. And I, I, we need to get into this, this catfish situation. So <laughs> what happened? So obviously right. you're now moving home, so you've got to yeah. figure out where you're going to live. I don't have any room here for you, Sarah and Madison. So unfortunately <laughs> I can't have you in our house. Love to, but um, what's the deal? Right. What's the deal so, with the story? As, as everyone knows, for people returning home, you have to do two weeks of manage, manage isolation. You don't know at that point, like I don't know where we're going to end up. 
Uh, so we could be in Auckland for two weeks. We could be in Hamilton. We could be in Rotorua. We could be in Wellington. We could be in Christchurch. Yep, you don't find out until you land and you get on the bus and they're like, you're going to Rotorua. And you're like, oh. Yeah, which I normally wouldn't mind, but having um, an infant is not going to make that bus trip fun for us or for basically everyone else on that bus. So we'll see. But there's this really awesome Facebook group for Kiwis returning home. Uh, they sort of give advice you know, on how to deal with being in isolation for two weeks. Some really awesome tips um, and a lot of a lot of food picks. I uh, said so one thing I'm looking forward to is the food looks incredible. Um, I've heard mm. my mom my mom would message me and say, "Oh, you know, there's all this stuff in the news about how bad it is in isolation." I'm like, "Well, I'm seeing another side of it, and it looks. I mean, aside from the isolation part, it it looks all right. I mean, yeah, you don't get to go out and exercise as much as you probably would like to, but the food seems like it's okay. So that's something to look forward to, but on this Facebook group, uh, someone was offering to rent a house. Well, one in Rimuera and one in Tauranga. The one in Rimuera is the one that caught our attention. <laughs> this is basically where the story should end here, but it doesn't. Uh, they were wanting $500 a week, which if you know Auckland, that is just way too good to be true. Yeah, that's very cheap. That's, especially for uh, in Rimuera, that's... Okay, so you've perked my interest in the creepiness of this already. Yeah, so, uh, and then I checked in uh, with uh, one of my good friends, Bevan, who was a groomsman at my wedding, as was Joe. Yep, great. Uh, he used to, is a great he used to live in Rimuera, and he said they were paying up to 1200 1300 a week. Uh, I think there was a five-bedroom. This is a four-bedroom. It looked amazing. It looked ideal for our situation. Uh, ensuite for uh, myself and Sarah, room for our daughter, a guest room, uh, for people to come crash or you know our parents to come stay plus another room on the other side of the house that i was like yeah i can make that like my little gaming studio or podcasting studio uh for doing interviews and stuff um so the photos really sold us on that the one thing is we asked twice for a street name and when we finally got one we searched it on google street view and we couldn't find anything that resembled what was in the photo so um as we mentioned, we both love the show Catfish. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm, I'm going to put that out there. Uh, so one thing there on their show is reverse image searching to find if people have just stolen photos from somewhere. So that's mm -hmm. what Sarah did. It turns out this house is in Caraca, not in Rimuera. Oh. Yep. Um, and I had wondered, it just looked a bit more suburban. Like It didn't really feel like a Rimuera house to me. Uh, so we raised the issue with the admins on the Facebook group. They removed the post and booted the scammers and, uh, other people that were commented on the original post were warned. Uh, but then like the scammers just kept trying. Uh, and then they were basically, they were using everything from the playbook, from the scammers playbook. They were taking every page. You could tell they were getting desperate. They were emailing, uh, in the morning asking to fill out like an application form uh, of course, we ignored that. Then the following e a following email that night saying that they would received an overwhelming response, which, of course, by that point, everyone had already been tipped off to them. Um, so, yeah, moral of the story is, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. I wonder, yeah, how many people have got with this scam. So what happens? Then you just give your money and then you get to New Zealand and you got no house. I don't know. It's, so this is the weird thing I don't get is they wanted people to come. 
and check the place out. They wanted to meet them. You know, um, it wasn't like they were trying to get us to rent the house without seeing it. Um, we were like, oh, well, we're going to be in isolation. They were trying to fill it by the end of March. Of course, that's only when we're flying in. Uh, but we're like, you know, our parents could come see it and vouch for us. You know, here's our, here's our references and stuff from previous landlords. So they were gathering all this information from a bunch of people and were going along with this, that they were going to hold um, viewings. So I was like, what happens when everyone shows up at that address? So what was the... <laughs> What's well, so even to? I just. It's, it's just, thing. It's hard just, to rack your brain are, around it. Are they just so dumb that they think? Ah, oh, I'm not. I'm driving down the southern motorway. I'm not going to uh, Remuera. I'm going out of Auckland. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we we toyed up for ages, uh, tossed around the idea for ages of whether or not we actually. Be like, look, we know you're full of shit. We did the mm. reverse image search on the photos and turns out it's nowhere near Rimuera. Uh, but in the end, we thought it was probably best just to ignore it and leave it. And it seems like they've, I don't know if they've disappeared or whatnot. It was it was weird. The other thing was... Um, They're going to be waiting a, for you when you land in Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a, like I mean, a driving the bus. daughter... Yeah, it was like a daughter um, was acting on behalf of her parents, saying the parents had... Um, uh, like disabilities or like hearing disability. It was some kind of disability. Um, so that was her excuse to be in charge of it. But she was like, this is my parents' house. Uh, so yeah, who knows what's going on there. But didn't, so almost got catfished. Didn't quite happen. So there you go. That was a very interesting um, experience. And got to say, really shit of people to try and pry on New Zealanders that are trying to come home. Yeah, and this seems like a story that'll be right up the the spin-offs alley, I think. So we might need to <laughs> pass that bit of information on that people are preying on people trying to come home. So your catfish might not have been in vain. You could be the subject of a um, an investigative <laughs> journalist piece. Well, we'll see. Uh, I think that's about all we've got time for the podcast now, finishing on the note about getting catfished. Um, so <laughs> hope... You guys listening have learned a lesson that uh, if you are, because the housing market in New Zealand is, it is insane. So do your homework uh, because we don't want any of our listeners to get screwed um, because that would, that sucks. That sucks for anyone. Uh, And we really appreciate everyone that does tune in and listen to the podcast. Of course, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're also on YouTube and hit us up on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, also on Twitter at ParkHereNZ. Until then, hope you guys have an awesome week. I'm Logan. That's Joe. We'll see you next week. See ya.